detective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us. Our New Year's episode. We're going to be doing Assault on Precinct 13. People may be asking why Assault on Precinct 13. Because not many... This movie... I mean, honestly, when I look at... When I did a bit of research, it basically came and went like that. Mm. Disappeared. Yep. Um, even with the high-profile cast that it has. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit of the kind of... Uh you know, the, the remake of a John Carpenter yeah, movie. Yeah, and at that stage they were remaking everything of his yeah. at that point. It's because it's set on New Year's Eve, <laughs> basically, is why I've chosen it. Stronger rationale than some of our choices. Yeah, true. <laughs> Gibbo, Gibbo has ripped our choices many times. We've had less <laughs> yeah. sense in the past. At least we think this one. <laughs> now, before we get into it, we're not going to do an up or down. I just wanted to have a quick look at the hits and flops of 2018. Basically, the hits, let's have a quick look at it. The Avengers made $2 billion worldwide. No potatoes. Yeah, it was was always going to be probably the biggest movie of the year. Black Panther made a very tidy $1.3 billion. Mm -hmm. So it's really good to see that one sort of break out. You haven't seen that, right? No, I haven't seen that. I've heard nothing but good things. Go check it out. Jurassic World, $1.3 billion. Bloody hell. Yeah, I, I, I'm still baffled by the Jurassic Park <laughs> franchise continuing to be successful, but they've obviously... I mean, there's an argument job. to say that there's one good movie in the entire... Yeah, yeah, it's the first <laughs> one. I, I didn't hate Jurassic World, but uh, not the second Well, The Fallen was... Kingdom was rubbish, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, Incredibles 2 made $1.2 billion. Good. Fair enough. Good. Good film. Venom. Eight hundred and fifty-four mil oh, for Venom. I know. I, know. I <laughs> haven't seen it yet, but yeah, I, I am basically missed it at the cinema now. So I'm just I'm hanging for it to come to to see what it's all about. And I'm just yeah, I'm going to dive right in. I cannot wait. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout seven hundred and ninety-one million. Yeah. Uh, we we also talked about Meg Money. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> a quiet place. Three hundred and forty million on a seventeen million budget. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians made two thirty eight on thirty. Mm-hmm. Halloween made two fifty three on ten. That's probably gotta be the best uh, dollar to yeah, dollar to profit ratio. Profit ratio. Now the flops. Solo. Mm. $250 million budget. Yeah. And they made 390 So you've got to be thinking that they would have put $100 million in marketing, probably more. And look, I've, I've already said I didn't mind the movie so yeah. much. It had some enjoyable stuff about it. It was just kind of dumb fun in, yeah. in a lot of senses. But you've got to question the, the choices of, you know, this, this didn't seem to be something that people were crying out for. And then you you spend that much money on it, yeah. and then you sack the directors and go for reshoots when you've already spent. Well, a this is this is a question I ask: How much money was added when they sacked Lord and Miller and replaced them with Ron Howard? Mm. I, I reckon you're talking fifty plus. And honestly, why are you making that choice? Like, uh, I think it was Lord that was just involved in the basically wrote the screenplay for the spot into the Spider Verse. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, the guy is just. Hit after hit, yeah. But you sacked the two of them before they got the chance to finish this one. Like, the simple fact of the matter is, why weren't you? If Ron Howard was selected after the fact, right? And because you, you wanted his type of style, mm. then why didn't you select him in the first place? Yeah. Why did you bother to go to Lord and Miller in the first place? You knew. I do not know. This is what I've got concerns about. Disney's the way not necessarily the way they're handling it because it's in the right place yeah they are in the right place I'm just I've got concerns <laughs> can't about too the, much about how they were handling it uh, given how Lucas was handling yeah exactly the but prequels prior my concern that. is that they that a little bit of fatigue yeah like, maybe, my hope is that they've realised let's pull back yeah for a bit possibly too much and let things you know die down a bit now, what's wrong with one every two years yeah, because because <laughs> you had you had um, Force Awakens, Rogue One, Last Jedi, and Solo all in. What? Solo was only six months after Force uh, after Last Jedi. Yeah, so 
you were just in this it was over a two a two to three year period you banged mm. out four films and I think it's just had to it has to slow down for yeah. a little bit Robin Hood 72 million box office on 100 million dollars <laughs> Oh, Holy shit. shit. Goodness me. Yeah, look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look. Throw in 50 plus for marketing and you're in big trouble. As I said to you earlier, though, who says, I've got I've got a great idea. I just saw King Arthur. We should <laughs> we should make Robin Hood in that style. It's an it's a absolute no-brainer. I, I don't... I, 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 uh, we could do it for 20 million. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're going to do it for 100. Oh, <laughs> wait. Like a movie like that is twenty to forty million. So if you can crank out a a quiet place on seventeen, and Halloween on ten, mm. you can do a Robin Hood movie for less than fifty. And what are you paying Jamie Fox these days? I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's cashing checks. I don't know. Look for that role. I'm looking for scale. I'm looking at scale. <laughs> I want a young, hungry, up and comer. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, I want a. Um, well, maybe not. It doesn't even have to be young. It's got to be. I want a taking. What's a chestnut money? I want a digs money or a chestnut. I'll even just go as um, far as. Uh, um, oh, God, I can't remember his name now at the top of my head, but he's below both of those guys. Not Julius from. No, no, he's, he's working for scale, mate. <laughs> he's working for scale. No, I, just, I just think, like, I don't know, Jamie Foxx to me is just, in this type of movie, I think he's the kind of guy that rocks up to set and realises what this is. So once he realises <laughs> it, he's just, he's just dropping a loaf on set and walking away. <laughs> you know what, though? You know what? Robin Hood has not made money since Costner's mullet. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Kevin Costner was at the peak of his powers. Robin Hood Pizza oh. Thieves is a turd. Yeah. If you watch that again, it's it's average. It's made better by Alan Rickman acting like a tw- twat. But it it's not a great movie. No. It's just that Costner was at the peak of his powers. Yeah. And that stuff, he could have sold fucking, you know, ice to the Eskimos at that point. Mm. You know, where's, just uh, the way it was. Here's a question for you, too. Yeah. Where's Taron Edgerton end up if Rocket Man sucks? <laughs> well, my thinking is he could be in a bit of strife because Kingsman was a hit. Mm. The sequel, not so much. Not so much. This. Eddie the Eagle, this. Rocket Man might work because Bohemian Rhapsody was a hit and it, it'll come after yeah, that. But it hasn't been well received. Yeah. Right. Remy Malik's been well received, but the rest of it's just. Uh, yeah, no, it was badly received. But what I'm saying is maybe because it's a, you know, a biopic. Dollars, you think yeah. the dollars will keep him afloat? Maybe, maybe, but I, I don't know, mate. Honestly, again, I'm with you. We've been trying to make King Arthur and fucking Robin Hood movies for a bloody since the end of time, and we haven't made a decent picture in about forty years. Oh no, yeah, you look at you look, you look at, at the track record. You look at property that's been made seventeen times for a return of what one or two good movies. In the moment, someone walks into my office as a producer and says. Look, I've got this idea for Robin Hood. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I'm not the type of person that says, 17 people have done this and fucked it up, but I'm the man to get it right. I say... I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll make it hip. (laughs) I say, this has beaten better men than I. (laughs) What about... Is there any comic book movies available that haven't been made yet? I'd like to do one of those. Have you got a superhero property that can't miss? Anything? (laughs) I mean, honestly, uh, look, yeah, 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 yeah. someone would have said to me, but Kevin Costner made it, made a good one. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You're spot on. Look, Costner can't be touched. <laughs> Sorry. What else do we got? And yeah, what? Costner spent $50 million to make Princess Eve. Oh, I thought you were going to say he spent $50 million on his hair. <laughs> the, the yeah. No, but back then he had a glorious movie, mate. He didn't need CGI. <laughs> it just did it on its own. <laughs> A Wrinkle in Time, $132 million, <coughs> oh. box office on a hundred-plus million-dollar budget. Good And Lord. was supposed to be kind of like a, a really well-known book property. Is that yeah. not correct? Yeah. I mean, I didn't know anything about it. But 
Yeah, I can't read. So. <laughs> 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 I believe it's yeah, it's a, it's yeah. When it comes to reading books, books Xbox is one. <laughs> uh, okay, and then Nutcracker and Four Realms. $161 million on a $128 million budget. I mean, Disney, for all its awesome stuff, has taken some oh. up the arse, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, let's uh, look. Robin Hood and King Arthur, they don't work, but the Nutcracker, <laughs> that's, you know, that's due for a, for a, a refurb. The kids love it. It's so know? funny, isn't it, looking at it, that a heap of the hits are Disney-related, Yeah, and then a heap of the flops are also Disney-related, but they can be, Jesus. they can afford they can throw money around because they got so much of it. Like they cross a seven billion dollar threshold. Yeah, they've done it twice in the last three years. You reckon? Uh, you know, they reckon they're on track with Aladdin to get another one oh. there. <laughs> Given the no, look of Will Smith. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> look, Aquaman. Aquaman, I believe. Little nod to Aquaman. Although it's not going to be in this year's, it's absolutely carved it up yeah, in China. It's, it's already, done well. It's made 250 plus before even opening in the US. Yeah, yeah. So it's done well. But I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's going to make good money. As far as Aladdin's concerned, I've got nothing against making live-action ones of their classic animated films. No. They've done it with Beauty and the Beast. They've done it, they're going to do it with Lion King. Jungle Book worked Jungle well. Book worked well. The problem you've got with Aladdin was that it was the f- I think it was the first time they'd had like a major name do a key role, and he did such a great job as the genie, Robin Williams. It's going to be so hard to forget, and the fact that he's passed is another addition to that, you know. Yeah. Adding to this legendary status of the man, and I just I I worry that it's not going to work. I'm not knocking Will Smith because I feel like I still like Will Smith as an actor. And I feel he who knows he might be able to do something. No, but I just it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like it to me. And and I believe the costume and everything and the look of him was met with giggles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's certainly yeah. met with giggles from me. They've <laughs> had to they've had to rush out and say no. Look, he's going to be blue yeah, for most like, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's just going to look like a blue idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Here's the trailer to 2005's Assault on Precinct 13. What the hell is this? Fun and games? Does anybody work around here anymore? It was the night Precinct 13 was supposed to close its doors forever. No offense, officer, but we'll close it down. We're short-staffed. Central said we park here overnight until the road's clean. Until Detroit's most lethal prisoners changed everything. I'm responsible for everybody in here. That's my job. I assume you know who I am, Sergeant. You're a gangster. That's accurate. He's a cop killer. Who the hell are you? They're surrounding the place. The phones aren't working. I found this out there. Why are cops coming to kill us? One of my partners in crime is your fellow officer, Marcus Duval. If I make it to court, his whole team goes to jail. They can't allow me to leave this precinct alive. They can't allow any of us to live here alive. This winter... All right, choose a weapon and anything you see. The only thing more dangerous than the criminals on the inside. Come on, baby. What, are you going to trust these freaks? They need us as much as we need them. Are the cops. On the outside. When this is over, you're going back to jail. This ain't about me and you. Not yet. We've got to put them all down. Without pause. Without regard. of Training Day, Ethan Hawke, Lawrence Fishburne, John Leguizamo, Ja Rule, Drea DiMatteo. We all gotta start trusting each other right now if we're gonna make it through this night.
Precinct 13. Assault on Precinct 13 from 2005, directed by Jean-Francois Richette. Uh, he made mostly foreign films. The Emperor of Paris is one of them. Can I, I know, commend I don't know you on uh, not butchering uh, <laughs> Well done. Well, well yeah, yeah, I have. I've, you know, at the end of the year and into the new year. I'm going to butcher a few more, though. It was produced by Pascal Katschut. <laughs> He's just known as Pascal. <laughs> uh, Je- Jeffrey Silver and Stephanie Sperry. It's written by James DeMonaco, who did The Purge. I didn't realise. Yeah, he did yeah. a bunch of them. Yeah. Actually, I think he's written at least three out of the four. Yeah. And uh, it had the- something to do with the TV show. And obviously from the original film by John Carpenter. It stars Ethan Hawke as Sergeant Jake Roenick, Lawrence Fishburne as Marion Bishop, Gabriel Byrne as Cap- Captain Marcus Duval, and Maria Bello as Dr. Alex Sabian. The budget was $20 million, and the box office was $35 million worldwide. Mark Wahlberg was actually originally offered the role of Roenick, but turned it down. <laughs> had to make the happening. Or yeah, I think he's in the middle. Of, he's on pre-production. <laughs> post-production of that. <laughs> Thinking shit. He <laughs> 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 just watched a rough gun, but I was just. <laughs> I need a guaranteed hit. <laughs> Solomon Precinct 13. No thanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I generally think this is a solid, yet kind of unspectacular action movie. It doesn't kind of have those key set pieces. It has a bit of trouble breaking out of the generic action sort of beats. Mm. Even though the idea is good and the cast is great, I think the cast is excellent, I give it two and a half out of five. It's passable. I think with a lesser cast it wouldn't have been as good um, because I think the cast does a hell of a job to drag some of the shittier parts mm. up, a, up a notch. Yep. Two and a half, though. Two and a half. Mm. I, uh, I went to a three. Look, it's a really sound idea. I know it's it's got inspirations from Rio Bravo, I believe is what John Carpenter was, was sort of going for. There's some issues with that, like changing the setting and, and, and the time period. There's some things I've got some very big dislikes on on to do with the setting, but the idea is super sound of, yeah. of the good guys and the bad guys just having to bond together or they're going to, to take be, out they're going to be screwed, crew. basically. So I like that. It, it cast of really solid actors, but... As you said, like it's enjoyable enough when you're in it, but then it's just once you turn it off, it's very forgettable. There's not really any really memorable characters, really memorable scenes. Mm. Um, everything's just okay. Yeah, and just does the job for a, for a little bit, and then you just kind of forget it. Well, I, I essentially I, watched it with fresh eyes. I, I I could not remember any of it. Yeah, I remember seeing it in cinemas. Yeah, I, I did too, and I just I didn't. <laughs> I remember that I had seen it. I didn't. I remember, remember being in a cinema <laughs> and it was on. That's about Allegedly, it. but I remember it being better. No, I never. I remember then, it being all right. And then when I sat down and watched it today, I started picking it, picking at yeah. it. And once you pick at it a little bit, it's like a, you know you pull a thread and it just comes undone. And you pull a thread and poof, you, know, <laughs> you haven't got a sweater. <laughs> One minute you had a sweater, the next minute you just got a pile of bloody wool. Yeah, but I the remember. fact is, it just it never kind of gets like there are there are characters that are just superfluous. There yeah. are ridiculous things that the these crew of highly trained cops can't seem to get the fucking job done. They couldn't get in the door. It's it's just it's it's hard to stomach. Yeah. I, I think because, um, you know, it's not one of Carpenter's better movies. I remember seeing the original and it's not one of his better movies. Hmm. But this one probably didn't even match that. It's it's just, yeah. It just, just needed totally tightening because to me they could have worked it out better. It just it Did they over, overcomplicate a simple idea? Possibly. In some ways? Possibly. And I'll get to that later yep. because there's a couple of things that happened where I was just like, you know, like, oh my god! Why are we doing this? 
But the you film does open need, strong. You know, didn't need a better fitting sweater. Yeah. <laughs> Not leave any loose threads you, for uh, you. have missed a number of them. <laughs> <laughs> the film does actually open strong. The undercover operation showcases that he's a highly skilled cop because he's in undercover work. Yeah. He gets two of his fellow officers killed yep. or injured. But Ethan Hawke is really good. Yeah, <laughs> He yeah. comes across as a real scumbag. Yeah, because he's rambling on, you know, yeah, talking about this is the ship. We're on the highway together. <laughs> and then he belts the bloke and all that sort of stuff. Like, And it shows that it, it feeds his PTSD or whatever he's got. Mm. And that's the reason why he, where he is in eight months' time. Yep. You know, So it does a decent job to set that up. Mm-hmm. Really good cast. Really yeah. good cast. Like yeah, top to Hawk, Fishburne, Gabriel Byrne, Maria Bello are your mains. Then you've got guys like Brian Dennehy, John Leguizamo. You can go a little bit lower with that guy, Matt Craven, the guy who plays the cop that comes back. Yep. Jar Rule. I, I, I didn't think I'd ever say this, and I thought you were taking the piss earlier on today when you said Jar Rule delivers a solid performance. No, yeah. I get that. Get out of here. I just I, I nearly couldn't, couldn't write it. I nearly couldn't get my fingers to... But he actually was he okay. He was good, yeah. I thought he, in a small role, he worked well. Look, Buster Rule, Jar Rhymes, <laughs> head to head. Buster, sorry, Jar Rhymes, Buster Rhymes, head to head. <laughs> Rule gets the job done. Rule gets the job done as an actor. Yeah. He's not sitting there in his prison cell going, oh, yeah, <laughs> got to talk to himself. <laughs> I actually thought it was funny that he was talking in the third person. Yeah, yeah. Smiley's, Smiley's not liking this. Yeah. Who's Smiley? That's Smiley Byrne. <laughs> th- yeah, I thought um, he was all right. I actually found both Fishburne and Gabriel Byrne to be really good in that yeah. sort of villainous... Because they never overplayed it. See, Gabriel Byrne, I thought he was very good. I've got a major dislike around him, but he was very, very good. Yeah, they, they, they never thinking. overplay things. No. Like, they're not frothing at the mouth or carrying on. Yeah. And they actually do a nice touch where Gabriel Burns is in the car with the other bloke and he yeah. basically says, as soon as we get out of this car, we have to kill them all, like yep. all of them. And, and can you live with that? And he says, I can live with it. I can live with that better than living in a prison cell. Yeah, yeah. That was that was very good. It, the cast, even, you know, going down to people like Dre De Matteo, yeah, like yeah. she's a good actress that... Yeah. The, uh, the the other dude from Sons of Anarchy who plays the cop um, on the bus. Yes. That's getting him. Kim Coates, uh, I think his name is. Which who gets his um, nose put into his skull in The Last Boy Scout. Yes. Yeah. He's uh, he's actually a very, yeah, very he's, good actor. Yeah, he's a very good actor. And, um, you know, you're filling those small parts with really quality guys. Yeah. Know, guys agreed. And, uh, and, and that's a really, nice, a really good way to go mm. um, in a movie like this. I really like the um, speech... Bishop gives in the church. Yeah. Where he says to the bloke, I've seen so many men stare death in the face and they always ask for God's forgiveness. And after seeing so many of them, their prayers go unanswered, I lost my faith. Yeah. I I thought that was a really good, uh, really good little uh, way to set up the guy. Yeah. And look, even just sitting in church, conducting the meeting in church, says a bit about the character, you know, and what he thinks of himself. Even that he's fucking just flouting God, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and people, people would could argue that Fishburne's phones it in and whatever, but it it all it required was his sort of cool, and that that's that sort of screen presence he brings. Well, his kind of non-responsive, uh, non-responsiveness to some of the other people, and he's just calm in the whole. The whole situation, basically, is kind of what you wanted. Like when Leguizamo tells that joke and he, he just gives him the punchline and just mm. the cops. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. 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 Leguizamo's there going, oh, you me out here. Yeah. Uh, he actually, we didn't even mention him. Yeah, he, yeah. He's he pretty fun. good. He was hilarious yeah. at times. And the way he's constantly crapping on about rights and all this sort of stuff. Um, one of the funniest parts, I thought, was when he was... It might have even been, I don't know whether whether it was when he was telling the joke, but it was in the same part where they're in the cell, and he's sitting there on the crapper, trying, yeah. <laughs> trying to continue the conversation. He's sitting there rocking back and forth on the toilet. And he keeps going, bish, bish, bish. bish. <laughs> it's like he's just ignoring him full on. And he yeah. just continues to try and engage him. 
He also rolls out my one of my favourite lines. Officer Balls and Officer Cock. <laughs> yeah. oh, I believe I said it was crackling weird early <laughs> on. You uh, you said uh, suggested probably not. Maybe, oh my god, maybe yeah, this is a lot simple. Look, look, it was a, a, it was a minute steak. Yeah, you know, a simmering wit. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot slightly seared. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, see you, Dr. Peters, or whatever Yeah, I thought it was, uh, yeah, that was a good laugh, actually. It got, yeah, I got a good laugh out of that. Once this siege does start to go down, it it ramps up a little bit when yeah. they make their first attempt to breach. But I also love the, the scene where, or oh, you just see all the sniper rifle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it possibly it possibly took a little bit long to to get to the the crooks and the cops together because yeah. that's the strength of it. That's where the drama comes in because you've got them all there and you can spend minutes on end in there with them and the uneasy tension. Yeah, all you had to do was throw one little one little thing that happened or or throw the cop back into the into the precinct and have the crooks all going. This is bullshit. Yeah. He's with them. Yeah. And the cops say, no, no, I vouch for him. And you just, the uneasiness continues to kind of... Yeah, it builds. Build. And um, in fact, yeah, it did take a little bit too long. And I think it's because they made some errors later with regards to... And I've got a dislike to the fact that they've always got to be damaged. Yeah. Like, why so can't it just be saying. a cop packing up the du- the, the, the precinct yeah. and suddenly they're in the shit? I really liked Ethan Hawke's character. Yeah. I really liked him in the role. Like, I, I can't... I, I don't look at this movie and say, there's so many people that could have done a better job than Ethan Hawke. Yeah, I yeah. thought Ethan Hawke was, was pretty good, much yeah. perfect for that sort of stuff. But the idea is so strong on its own for, for an action flick that we... Maybe didn't need to go that route or, or as deeply into it. Yeah. I mean, so, that's, yeah, I'll get to I'll it a little bit later. Saying, but yeah. Yep. Because to me, his character feels like another one, another action hero that we know. Yeah. So it's like I was saying, that, that's not really where all the drama's coming from. No. The drama is coming from the cops and the crooks are working together and they don't trust each other. Exactly. And the once the breaching the... The precinct starts happening. You're not sure how things are going to pan out because yeah. you've got these three groups. You've got the bad guys on the outside. You've got the crims in lockup. Yeah. And you've got the small band of cops and civilians. Yeah. But then they twist it anyway, and it's it's the bad guys on the outside of the cops anyway. Yeah. Like it's it's got it's pretty strong in that sense as it is. Yeah. Bishop using Molotov cocktails, rock solid. <laughs> <laughs> Very badass type of move. Yeah. And then I love the way it, he picks the secretary girl up. Yeah. And you see another one of them come behind him, and then Ethan Hawke just walks out and goes, and just fucking blows his head off. Like, those things were cool because it was all happening at speed, you know? Like, it was, it, things were just kind of, people were just coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. And I really liked the way that was done. And I just felt that. You feel that tension when the sniper rifles are coming through. Like, you can just see the, the red dot mm. going through. And, like, you, you know, people are under the pressure. Yeah. So I thought those things worked really well. I think the banter between Hawk and Fishburne is the its strength, is the film's strength. Yeah, well, some of the dialogue exchanges are really good between a lot of people, like Ethan Hawke and a, a number of them. Even with Brian Dennehy, who, yeah. who I wasn't, I wasn't a massive fan of his performance, but there was a couple of exchanges with those two that were really good. Him and Maria Bello were really good. John Leguizamo again with a few people on the way into the bus before the officer cock and officer balls like <laughs> the stuff. You know, Kim Coates is berating him about his eyes. And, what you what you been on? And Leguizamo's hitting me. Oh, you're you're right, 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 you mean, done it. <laughs> <laughs> there was some really good stuff between a lot of the actors, you know. A lot of and the, the, the characters weren't necessarily hugely fleshed out, no. But those back and forths were so entertaining that you got a sense of, like, you got a sense of who Legazamo was through all that that yeah. shit he was crapping on with, you know. You could imagine him, who he was in the crew, the annoying fucking chatterbox, like, yeah. Yeah, and I, I really like this. Is the strength of hiring a, a good cast? Yeah, is that you can let them improvise, you can let them do have a bit of back and forth, and they can play with it a little bit. 
And when and you s- need to strengthen your cast, you hire the jar rules and you hire exactly. <laughs> He's top of the list. <laughs> but you squeeze every single bit out of it mm. when you get when you get these people. Um, yeah. in all the roles. You know, no, probably smart enough to realise we don't have space for for all of these characters. We just have to have like a certain number of people in inside the precinct. A few people to as plot devices down the stretch to get us from here to here. A few people to just you know kind of off and raise the stakes. And mm. I think they've realised that some of these people can't. We can't flesh them out, but we can give him a couple Seen of minutes or two. to go back and forth and kind of really yeah. set the, set the tone for us. The last one for me was I actually liked the finale amongst the trees because the, and, and they add that Question little mark again. But yes. <laughs> Look, it wasn't a dense forest, I'll say that much. Yeah, the setting the setting looked looked pretty yeah. cool. The and snow. You add the layer of tension with them having night vision and and Hawk and Fishburn not. Yeah, I thought that was a, a nice crafty little way to finish. Yeah. But um, uh, any anything else that you you dug? Yeah, I mentioned you know Jarrell. <laughs> of course. I was gonna go into him at, <laughs> at length, but uh, obviously, you know, you've you've pointed out how good he was already. The stuff about I mentioned how the cop comes back into the precinct. I really dug those little moves that they would they were putting into um to a little bit of misdirection, a little bit of we don't really know either way, but it's really good to have the criminals and the and and the cops going back and forth on no, no, no. This is this is how it is. No, we don't trust you. Like yeah. that, that. That's where you got some of the drama from. I actually thought Maria Bello's death had. It's one of the few things in you know these action movies. Sometimes they just do it because they feel like they have to. But yeah. this one was one that actually did kind of ramp the stakes up a little bit for me. Like it had a lot of impact. Hmm. I I felt. I felt. I didn't it, think it was. I didn't. Think, I felt it too. I didn't think it was going to get there. I, I think, think that's that what they. they I do. think that it was well done to do it like that. Mm. My only problem was that she kind of the, the the character didn't quite have anything much to offer. Like it made know, her. If it, you'd have cut her out entirely, it may not have affected things that greatly. Look, it reduced her a little bit to something that Ethan Hawke. Had to kind of I, attain. I got this feeling that they, they had sort of set up a romance type of element. They did. But never sort of followed it. So what they anywhere. did is, yeah, so what it did is is it it served to sting Ethan Hawke's Either character and make us feel for him, which yeah. is which kind of sucks for the female role in the movie. But t- pushing that aside and me looking at her as a character that I'd started to feel that I liked, mm. it did sting a bit when that yeah, yeah, happened. Yeah, like... Don't um, get me wrong. I get what probably. you're saying. It, it, it kind of reduced her a little bit, which, yeah. which does suck. Because you got someone like Dre DiMatteo who who survived the movie and, and kicked a bit of ass when she needed to. Whereas I could have seen her death having a similar effect. Yeah. Because they'd done a little bit more to flesh her out. She had closer connections with Hawk and several of the others. Yeah. But kind of stood stood on her own. She wasn't. Yeah. She wasn't, didn't 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 serve as a piece for. Ethan Hawke's character to to get you know to, to as motivation for him. Yeah, yeah. But I did think the it was cold too. It was cold blooded the way yeah. he sort of yeah, definitely just shot her right there. Yep. Anything else? I think that was pretty much it. Other than you know you mentioned the the setting of it in the kind of city block police office. I actually, for some reason, I kind of liked that it, it was snowing. Yes. Just seemed to heighten the, the isolation and the... Added the atmosphere to it. The snowstorm bit, the, the way that it cut cut them off a little bit. Yeah. But it, it did kind of look cool. Yeah. And, the, you know, the, 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 it, it made it difficult for them to see the guys outside. Like, added another layer, mate. Yeah. Like another layer to add an increasingly difficult situation, more difficult. Yep. And and I liked it. I really thought that, that added a nice touch. Yep. Okay, the dislikes... Couple of couple of very big ones. Oh, huge! <laughs> first, first, the camera work at times is fucking vomit inducing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all over the shop, mate. Mm. Like I didn't. Jimmy Francois Rochelle, he's a he's a French auteur or whatever. But quite frankly, there's one scene in particular where he fights the guy on the bus. Yep. I mean, shit's shaking around all over the joint. Yeah. And he does the old icicle, you know, the diehard yeah, icicle yeah. one in the eye. 
I didn't even see him pull the icicle. Yeah. Because of camera going. shaking around a bit. It's like he's in a washing machine or something. <laughs> Jesus, mate. Yeah, uh, I actually didn't think it was badly directed, but I did definitely see a couple of times. Um, in the early in the early um, uh, undercover raid, he's running down the hallway. And it, yep. Shaking like, you know the, how they, back yeah. then in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, they thought... Uh, things will be super frantic if we attach a camera to a bloke and it must Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, no, no, it's yeah, not um, frantic. It's stupid. I'm not frantic because I can't see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I, yeah, I, I agree. I it was agree. kind of the... I think it was the style at that time. Yeah, definitely. But it's certainly... I mean, we've spoken a bunch of times about our preference for actually uh, seeing things that are <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> I don't mind the I have, I have a preference to see why he's on screen. Yeah, well, I'm looking at visual medium. I prefer to Look, see. If it was radio, fine. Yeah, shake the microphone around a bit. I don't give a well, shit. We've been doing it for fucking three years. Yeah, but it's the gorilla style that we got to work with, mate. We just, we just have any old gorilla moment. style. Yeah, one week it's you hear the microphone change, the next week it sounds like we're fucking recording in a wind tunnel. Brilliant. to the charm. It's the style. It's, it's the aesthetic. Stylistic choices. Sounds like a seventies grindhouse podcast. <laughs> Exactly. All right, look, uh, another dislike. Dennehy's lip weasel. This fucking moustache is a disgrace to moustaches. He shouldn't yes. be allowed to grow one like that. He has grown far better mows in his career. If I remember correctly, he was in Silverado, wasn't he? Look, I'm Had not one gonna... of those gigantic caterpillar style ones. <laughs> Look, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but does it, it looks a little bit like your dad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got a, a little bit, a little bit grayer. Nah, nah, nah. You know, your dad hasn't had one in a while. <laughs> no, my dad's cracking one right now. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I believe he calls it the dinner thing. Yeah, he circa two thousand five. Oh, it's absolutely disgusting. <laughs> you be ashamed of yourself. Maybe that's what impinged on his performance. Are you taking the Liam Gallagher out here? The fucking moustaches cannot be fucking tolerated. Mate, Gallagher was spot on. When you see Dennehy, you know what he was talking about. <laughs> not be tolerated. Yeah, you can understand a beard. That's but a you choice. Can... <laughs> that is a choice to do that. Speaking of Dennehy, I love the bloke, but he is awful in this. He's shit. Awful. Yeah. Um, he, he is just given this one-dimensional, one-note role of the cranky. He's annoying. He's annoying from the start, but I'll tell you what's worse is he gives away his role in the film oh, entirely. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah, yeah. He, um, he's just... He's such a gruff prick. Yeah, he's so gruff and he's constantly suggesting things to do, but he's doing it in such a manner and then he's getting all riled up when it doesn't happen his way. The whole time I was thinking... The problem is... He's in on it. They should have thrown, thrown you a... You know, they should have lied to us. And he should have got help from one of the crims and then kind of, you know, thanks thanks for helping me out. There was never any swerve with Dennehy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was clear. <laughs> it was straight down the... It was clear. It was straight Maybe it was a fucking moustache. I just didn't <laughs> trust the bloke with a moustache like that. <laughs> Where'd you get that moustache? Yeah, I used to be French. <laughs> he just... Yeah, he's just... He's terrible. Yeah. I mean... Gone are the days of Sheriff Will Teasel. <laughs> He's just acting like an ass. From well, that was life. the problem. He still was Sheriff <laughs> Will Teasel. So we knew from the get-go you're you're just a prick and you're you're not on the level here, Brian. <laughs> just to throw my two cents worth about that little double cross because he had double cross written all up. Him. Yes. He, I think his his. Um, I think his name was Sergeant <laughs> Sergeant Cross. <laughs> Sergeant Double Cross. <laughs> yeah, they tried to hide it by calling him Cross Cross. <laughs> no, they did something stupid like they called him Sergeant Juice Cross or something. <laughs> <laughs> they called him Criss Cross. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> Criss Cross the second. <laughs> That's his name. Uh, yeah, no, just, just to come back to that, he had basically double cross written on his uniform, <laughs> yeah. and it was really silly. You know what I would have done? Just to go into rewrite territory? 
I would have had the double cross done by one of the crims. Legazamo or Ja Rule, preferably Ja Rule, he could have pulled it off. Yeah. They want they wanted to make a deal to get let me loose. Yeah. Let me out of here. Well they could have, you know, the, the cops that were doing it were already working with Crims, so yeah. they could have been another working but with another branch. Because <laughs> Ja Rule and Legazamo Maybe they were working with Officer Bait and Switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just spoke to Officer Switch. <laughs> Can't deal with you. <laughs> yeah, I can't, can't deal with Switch. I'm still awaiting that. confirmation from Bait about what we're going to do. But what I mean is, Legazamo and Carl <coughs> legged it to try and get away anyway. Yeah. So what, wouldn't it be more interesting that one of them got word to the cops outside? I'm willing to let you in if you let us go. Yeah. Well, even if even if it didn't, you know, play as a bigger. It could have been something to advance the plot a little bit, like to, yeah. to get them out of the cells quicker or something like that. Yeah. Like, I could I could have seen that working a little bit because Danahe just didn't. He's on any level. He's fashion. Fashion <laughs> <laughs> <Patient> wear. <laughs> just all yeah, that. His, uh, his ability as an actor in this particular movie. I. Uh, this is a very minor issue, but the stealing his psychologist file. Yeah. It was kind of silly. I felt that they could have probably delved into that when they first met, when you saw them having the psychologist, the psychologist actual session mm. together. Yeah, could have delved into some of the issues. Because she didn't even end up coming back for for the, the reason. Yeah, they just I spoke thought, about it, but it was like oh, initially yeah, I was after he'd anyway. taken it, and then she came back. I thought, oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. why the file was taken. Nah, nah, my car broke down. Oh, yep. Fuck. Well, why bother having this? It kind of just it just felt unnecessary. Yeah, a little bit. Going back to Dennehy and the double cross. Um, <laughs> so, still harping on Dennehy's yeah. lack of ability. Um, it's it's kind of the same thing, but Gabriel Byrne, you knew he was the bad guy from the get-go oh, too. Yeah, yeah. The second he appeared on screen and marched out of the office with a fucking scowl on his face, yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's oh, I, I, okay. It wasn't so bad with him because it was revealed very early on what yeah. was happening. Yeah. But Dennehy was just... It was egregious in Dennehy's case. But, yeah, it, it was, was the same. egregious as his moustache, I can tell it you. It was the same. And the thing is, as you mentioned, they're both very good actors. Yeah. Gabriel Byrne could have played off a scene of him... If it was a little... little Played a little more subtly, he could have put a scene in there of, of him as an officer and, and not just immediately looked at him and gone, oh... That bloody shady-looking prick. I think the problem with those things is casting a big name or a reasonably big name that we know. Yeah, well, you know, it always important. sort of yeah, it always sort of plays. But I guess with something sometimes like plays this, poorly. The way that it comes in yeah. is Gabriel Byrne is shown in a scene completely unrelated to Ethan Hawke, Ethan Hawke and, that, and he's marching out of an office, scowling, surrounded by a bunch of large, thuggish-looking other officers. The best way to bring it in would have been to have him and his crew turn up at Precinct 13 earlier on and say, you know, because they're, they're doing, you know, picking up some gear or some well, bullshit something, like that. Something to, you know, play them off as a little bit. I know you only have to do it for a small portion, yeah. but it raises the impact of, right. oh, shit, it's him. Yeah. Unlike, like, it, it really stings that your new burn... Was a was a heavy, and that you knew Danahy was going to be his man on the inside. Oh, easy. It stung. Danahy stank. It stank to all heavens. But he couldn't smell it because his nose was full of fucking <laughs> shitty little mustache hairs. <laughs> his nose was clogged with grey hairs. Okay, this is where this is my biggest dislike. Yeah. Ethan Hawke's character, quite frankly, should have been called Martin Riggs. That that's what mm. he was. He was basically Martin Riggs. Uh, he yep. was slightly psychotic. He had problems with, um, now he had some PTSD issues or whatever yep. from what had happened. He was drinking. He was taking drugs. Yeah. He was Martin Riggs. Yeah, so here's where, why couldn't, the, in this particular movie where the, 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 the idea is pretty strong, yeah. why couldn't we just have a John McClane? Who wakes up? Who wakes up and very quickly we find out? Oh yeah, he's he doesn't have a missus. He's a bit of a bit of a scumbag yeah. in some senses. Why couldn't we have a Joe Hellenbeck? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why couldn't he have woken up and brushed forty two cans off his bed <laughs> and gone? Oh shit, I'm late for work. <laughs> we get what we need there. <laughs> you know what? 
We didn't ever need that because we could have slowly evolved the character a little bit during the, the battle. Yeah. Using Maria Bello and giving her more. Yeah. Right? What we got was the cliched cop who's a, a good cop but struggling with Damn, the major issues. partners in the, you know. That stuff is crap. It's not necessary in this case because the kill, the, 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 what they were trying to do was use it as he, he, will, he, he doesn't make sound decisions. Yeah. But that's bullshit. They were outnumbered. What does it matter? Yeah. Sound decision exactly. making was last thing on the menu. <laughs> yeah, that's First wrong. decision, shave your moustache. <laughs> oh, yeah. There he Here's goes, only, you, yeah. you take the back door. You take the front. You to the shower. Shave your moustache. <laughs> that shit off. You look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, um, that's sound decision making. But the problem right was, yeah, you just needed an everyman. Yeah, an everyman cop who. I guess that's what I was talking about when I when I said maybe did, did they overcomplicate it? Yeah, because I I d- I looked at that and thought the same sort of thing. I thought did they really need it? Like I thought Ethan Haw- Ethan Hawke played those parts pretty well, mm. but I just didn't think it needed it really. I didn't think so at all. Because why does he have to be racked with problems? Mm. To me. The, the big issue he's got is, do I let Bishop go or not? Like, do I, you know, I've got to keep an eye on this prick. He's, he's a yeah. bad guy, but yet we've have got a grudging respect for each other now. Yeah. I, do, yeah will I kill yeah. him if I have to? You know, like if, if he turns on us, you know, like those questions. That's the other stuff. That's, that's where, yeah, I, I agree. That's where the drama comes from. I never once thought in this situation. Is he going to grab a bottle of jack? Yeah, is, <laughs> is, is Ethan Hawke going to make the right call here? I'm like, no, that's not what we And they have that whole scene where he's got the matchbook with all the pills in it. Yeah. And he tips them out. Yeah. I couldn't have given a toss. No. Like that, that meant nothing to me because, to me, him and Fishburn, that simmering tension and that whole idea that they kind of covered each other's ass. Yeah. And they were getting along, but Fishburne kept saying, don't expect me to change my ways, mate. Yeah, yeah. For the moment of chance I get, I'm going. Yeah, I was I was that fine with a major kind of conflict as well. Yeah. I've got, a, yeah, a couple of big gripes again. So I get that this precinct is closing down and that it's not in a... It's in a bit of a kind of run-down part of town. But how far away are we from other people? Because there's a full-scale firefight going on that they expect is not going to arouse any suspicion from anybody. Yeah, and they don't even use the old classic cliche of, don't worry, fellas, we're on the ground, we'll take care of it. Yeah, the police officers who are the bad guys just radio in and say, we're on scene, we will handle yeah. Firefight down here. There's nothing. There's they could have just easily wiped that out with one one scene. They just, oh yeah, I just. I mean, they're trying to use the cover of the the, the blizzard, but even even that doesn't fly for me. I mean, you've seen, you know, around here you used to have that bloke that would fucking go jogging, whether it was you know rain, <laughs> hail, shine, go jogging with his shirt off and. There's Mate, always that bloke is still fucking doing it. <laughs> He's cut to ribbons. He's in that 60. There's always, Ripping dick. There's always some idiot that sees a bloody snowstorm outside and thinks, shit, I'm going to walk the dog. <laughs> There's always someone. Yeah. Yeah. But also, even the people that are holed up in their houses, they can't be that far away. Yeah. Like they show, at one point they show a shot from quite far away and you hear the... Like you hear the bullets going. Yeah. So I'm thinking, where the fuck are we here? Like, it's just a desolate bloody wasteland. And not only that, but in bloody in in the thick of Detroit, we got we just happen to have a forest on the back of the yeah on the back of the precinct. How's like, that work? I don't get that. I don't get it. Yeah, I didn't really get the geography for the whole thing. So that was a big question mark. The other question mark for me was the the plan from the cops. The second one of them dies, how do you explain this away? Even if Bishop gets killed. No, they're saying, oh, Bishop's men did it. I'm thinking, but one of your guys is dead. Yeah, one of your guys is dead. Um, what was he doing at Precinct 13? <laughs> um, secondly, surely someone in Bishop's crew knows who they're working with. Oh, yeah, I'm rolling over on 
Well, Bishop was going to roll over on Well, that's the thing. Bishop was going to roll over, but their thing is, oh, we've got to kill Bishop. Then no one will know. He only happens to have underlings. Who probably yeah, know. surely <laughs> someone's got to know. Someone else has got to know. Your plan just falls to shit. That's the thread that you, you know, you tug on that thread, you fucking sweat. Yeah, Christmas it sweater on. goes to shit. Yeah. I, I, I was just looking at it going, the second one of those guys dies, your plan is, your plan's up the creek, isn't it? And once you've got a pile of your men <laughs> sprinkled around, you know, pressing. A pile of corpses. <laughs> yeah. What, where do you go from there? How, what do you do? You rock up on Monday and 17 of your men aren't there anymore. Listen, I don't oh, need a new I'm, crew. Shit, there's, uh, the, f- the bloody gastro just ran through them. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm down 17 men today. I don't know where they are. There's going to be a couple of investigations happening here. Oh, look, look, Joe's right here. He's sitting <laughs> on the toilet currently. So for me... But everyone but else, I don't know where they are. It doesn't make sense that once, once a few men are down... I, I would have thought Gabriel Byrne would have gone, pack this shit up, we're going to get on a plane to bloody Mexico immediately because once they find these bodies, we're fucked. Yeah. But, but to me, is, to, no, we kill Bishop and everything's okay. My, my thinking is, you want to do it quietly, you take the bus out, right? Yeah. there's no one around. Yep. Right? You take the, the bus. The bus is skidding all over the yeah. place. You've got the bus, you take it out before it gets rerouted to Precinct 13. Secondly, if you get to Precinct 13, you don't turn up in your fucking SVUs out the front so everyone can see you. Yeah. You quietly, clandestinely come into the place, get on the roof and work your way in. Yeah. And um, there's got to be more... Thirdly, why is it that you, you couldn't get in, you couldn't get in because you know these guys know you're out there yeah. and they're, 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 they're taking you on, you bring in the helicopter... And you drop some guys on the roof. What what <laughs> part of this plan is any different to what you just did? Oh, yeah. Surely you've got to sign out the helicopter, don't you? Yeah. Uh, someone's got to, someone's oh, got to have a record. Oh, just going for a joyride. Yeah, someone's got to have a record of where that shit went. Yeah, and, and secondly, who's <laughs> piloting that thing in a snowstorm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was... Not I, me. I also saw some question marks. I didn't think about this, but I also saw some question marks online about... They had to know that he was going to end, and the bishop was going to end up in precinct thirteen for Dennehy to be their inside man and all this sort of shit. I didn't have as many troubles. I guess I thought that. Um, yeah, but was Dennehy actually an inside man, or was he just the guy who he rolled and let him in? No, that he night? Was, uh, well, shit. From the impression I got, he was shady from the get go. He was <laughs> so before they even knew he was. The, the impression that I got from that is he was just working in that precinct, but yeah. he was one of. Burns men. They had tentacles where they needed them. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, you know, it's like Hydra. <laughs> I'll tell you what, mate, Hydra teaches its men to shoot people because well, quite yeah. frankly, the bloody sniper work is terrible. Okay, but tell me this. Dennehy's your man. He's inside, okay? Could you not get on the blower and say, listen, Bishop's in there. Just um, kill him. Drop a pill in his fucking... Send him a bottle of water and drop a fucking poison pill in it or something. Just shoot him. Because, I mean, there's going to be questions around how he got poisoned, <laughs> but there's going to be less questions than how 15 men died at There's no turn. reason to take a helicopter out there. <laughs> yeah, I can exactly. tell you that now. Yeah. Secondly... There's got to be easier ways. Gabriel Byrne needed to get on the horn to him and go, Dana, he just... Bring it down a notch or two, mate. <laughs> you, 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 you're creating yeah, yeah. havoc in there. We need <laughs> bishop poison. And for God's sake, shave that moustache. <laughs> I told you earlier in the week that that was not to be part of it. <laughs> You're arousing far too much suspicion. <laughs> you look untrustworthy. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen you through the sniper rifles and I don't trust you. Yeah, to me, the plan and how these so-called specialist cops go about it is yeah. just shit. It's, it's terrible. It's, it, Works on the level of you know when when you when you're talking about Rio Bravo, and you hold up in the sheriff's office in a in a in the Wild West. Yeah. Okay, you can understand that the town gets people get fucking run out of town. There's about five people in town. You run them out. You're secluded. There's yeah. nowhere to go. Yeah. I get that, but in this scenario, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work that there's no one there that that you can 
you can send in a full scale fucking SWAT operation, not get the job done <laughs> against a skeleton pre- a skeleton crew in a precinct that he's closing down. That includes several civilians. Who that have includes no an inside man as well. It does. That includes an inside man. You still can't get that you job. done. You Still can't get the job done. And yeah, I just don't understand how there's not there wasn't I an mean, easy way to get it done. The thing was. This is why I don't believe he was their inside man. He just sort of rolled while he was in there. It's because at one point he was looking after the front door by himself. Yeah, but he, he left was, the front door. He left Remember it, that? but he could have just opened the door and said, fellas. But he kind of did. He in. just left the front door. so that. But they but, came in through the back. <laughs> they came in through the cell. Well, this is Bird's fault. <laughs> he didn't fucking do it. He was doing what he could, but the boss was making... Yeah, we're worried about Ethan Hawke's decision making. Obviously, Gabriel Burns in the same program that he was. Yeah, he's blowing up. We haven't communicated properly. So I, I just got the sense that yeah, it's Danahy was was on his on the role the whole time because he knew him when he came out. He knew him. Yeah. That was the gist I got. So, so but then again, who would know that? Who would know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you look untrustworthy <laughs> enough to be in my crew. <laughs> like, I just think, yeah. Dinner, he was funny. Dinner, he was going off so fucking hard, knowing, you know. You wouldn't know whether he knew the bloke or not, or no. he was just a bloody loon. I just think, yeah, it, it just doesn't, doesn't pass. Once you start thinking a little bit about it, there's just too much to cop. I mean, the filmmakers assumed you wouldn't. They assumed. Normally, that would be a, a um, sound assumption on their part when you look at it, the average movie goer like myself. <laughs> I mean, I haven't put two and two together in a film for about 10 years. And then I watched exactly. this and I was just like, what, what the hell is this? <laughs> I started doing some subs. Yeah, we had <laughs> mental gymnastics going on. <laughs> and I this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what well, is it? Well, it's mental gymnastics for me. It's the bloke that runs into the fucking pommel horse. <laughs> Rick Disney. That's it, Rick Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, usually my mind is like a little hamster in a wheel, but then suddenly I, st- yeah, I sprung to life as I was watching this. And I started going, "This makes no sense whatsoever." It springs to life for a second, and then the fucking hamster falls off the wheel again. <laughs> yeah, I go, "This doesn't make any sense." What was I talking about? Again? <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, look. This is coming apart. Oh, look at look at Danny's mustache. Do you know, ridiculous. But Jared, do you know how you paper over those mistakes in a good action film? You blow something up, yeah, and exactly. I immediately go, "Woo!" <laughs> <laughs> look at that. <laughs> and then immediately, what was I talking about again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, filmmakers have been getting away with that for me for years. Yeah, I, I'm sitting here going, "Did they?" Have complicated that's me saying they needed to fucking dumb it down for, <laughs> for idiots like me <laughs> you've made me think about it and I've just got myself all tied up in knots <laughs> wreaked his nest money to the pommel horse <laughs> my system shut it down repeatedly just wreaked his neck I mean I came out of there going scratching my head going what's going on yeah, yeah. look it just it got too complicated yeah, which is weird to say for it because it, it shouldn't be. And the planning is just shit. Like, it's yeah. got too many questions to be asked. Far too many questions to be asked. So once you ask all those questions, you realise you didn't get anything out of it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's just very, like, you, you, you look at that sort of stuff and it undoes the, the good acting, the, the yeah. fun dialogue. And, yeah. But at the end of it, it's just, like I said, it's just forgettable. Yep. No one's really all that memorable. I turned it off and immediately <laughs> basically forgot what it was about. Thank God yeah. I took notes. Oh, well, mate, it was a fucking assault on my bloody <laughs> senses trying to just watch the bloody movie. It tells you about the arduous fucking process I had to <laughs> actually watch it. I'm sitting there going, I've got three streaming services. It's got to be on one of them. Nah, not on that. Oh, I better log into Mum and Dad's Foxtel account and check it. Is that on Foxtel? It? Wasn't on that. PSN? And then I sent you a, a quick message going, oh, bloody, you know, Apple's charging five bucks instead of death. But bugger this, I'm going to Google. I went through the hiring process on Google. 
the fucking thing just wouldn't work. I kept getting it. I'd press play and then would, the thing would just say null on my screen. <laughs> Maybe that was my brain again. Was yeah, off. Your brain was back when I was started. I ended up having to get a refund. I'm going through the process and saying, oh, um, it can be quite difficult to get a refund. And I'm sitting there going, I've bloody, I've bagged Apple. And then I've sent a, sent a message to you bagging Apple on a fucking Apple device. These <laughs> bastards have read it <laughs> and then turned off my bloody Google Play app, which I was trying to watch on an Apple device. What about device. PSN? Was it on no, PSN? No, I, I didn't go to PSN. I went straight back to Apple after that. I, the evil overlords, I, I fucking, I bowed <laughs> at the altar and said, forgive me. <laughs> I provided you with a standard death call. They provided me with a standard death no. Uh, yeah, uh, it was uh, five bucks for standard def or high def. So once I had to get, you know, once I had to cop the fucking five dollars. Did you go the high def? I went the high def. Yeah. I for some reason had it on DVD, <laughs> which, which you know surprised me greatly. <laughs> Just a fan of bad mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that was probably what pulled me in. Okay, that was Assault on Precinct Thirteen, our New Year's Eve episode. You can find us on Podomatic, iTunes, and Spotify. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're at Facebook, on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com, and on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Our next episode, keep an eye on our Facebook page, and we will let people know what we're going to cover as our first episode of 2019. But until then, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.